Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure to have you here. How's your afternoon going, Matt? Going well, Devin, going well. Had a good workout this morning. It's a little hot outside. The heat wave. Working through it. There is a heat wave. Uh, California's burning up. We'll deal. Luckily, we got a little AC going. So things are going to be nice and cool inside. And we're changing things up this week. We're doing our first ever interview on the podcast. I'm pretty excited for that, Matt. How about you? Right. Yes, I am very excited. Uh, Burning Man is something that uh, has been on my radar for a long time. Still haven't made it, but I'm very, very interested in learning a little bit more about it, especially from an insider. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Bay Area, so I always knew a Burning Man. And when I lived in San Francisco for a little, I obviously got to meet a lot of burners and really get inundated in some of the Burning Man culture. And I'm very fortunate enough to have a good friend. Uh, her pie name is Danksa. And she's with us here today. She's going to be sharing some unique uh, experiences and background about Burning Man with us. How's it going, Lisa? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. You know, we, me and Matt uh, love doing the podcast. We're excited to have you as a guest. Thank you for being with us today. Super excited to be here. So, uh, you know, me and Matt, we're just going to start throwing some basics at you and we'll kind of just see where we want to go with it. You know, we're very interested in your personal experiences. So let me ask to start. You know, how did you first hear about Burning Man or first get inundated in deciding to go to Burning Man? Wow, that's a really big question. Um, I, well, what year was it? We can um, start with the basics, you know? I've heard about Burning Man since I was actually in the rave culture. I mean, I'm a lot older than you guys, I think. And so um, I've probably heard about Burning Man and officially started paying attention to it probably in 2000 when I started kind of going to like festivals and kind of drifting out of the rave culture and um, probably 2002 which was I started volunteering for an event a small event and then I just decided to kind of pay more attention to it I got really heavily involved um, last year and I kind of been taking it from there there's a lot of things that have blended off from Burning Man itself. There's a lot of Burning Man regional sponsor type things that I also do. So right. Burning Man's kind of like a year-round thing for me. So what was it that drew you to Burning Man when you decided to go? Like what was, you know, you've known about it for years, you've been to festivals. What kind of like kick-started it like, I'm going to go this year? Um, I've never actually gone as a quote-unquote participant. Like I'm just going to go and have fun. And I've always gone as somebody who's worked or participated so that other people can be successful in whatever they do at Burning Man. So what really motivated me to go was the team of people I was going with, the camp I was working with, and the scope of the work. Like, I was really involved in this, that type of work at the time, and so I was super pumped about it. And, you know, it's like, we're going to pay for you to go to this thing you've never gone to. Hell yeah, I'm down. When you say like uh, work and having a successful Burning Man and that you're the support to that, what, is, what does that actually mean? Um, yeah, maybe you could explain a little like more about like what a camp is because I mean I, I know a little bit about it, but I know camps are different and they all serve different purposes. So maybe you could explain a little bit about like the camp culture and how they differ. Um, well, Burning Man, you know, there's 70,000 people. It didn't always start that way, but that's what it is now. And so... It's a pretty, pretty large event that's ran by the people. So there's no organized stages or anything like that. Everything that goes on there is done and goes on because people there make it happen. Nobody tells them and calls them and says, hey, you're going to do this one thing. People just go, I'm going to do this thing. And the event makes it cohesive so that, I mean, there's so, it's unbelievable the amount of things you could do there. But when you say camp, so there's, what's called theme camps and theme camps or large camps or a group of people that have gotten together with a, a like idea, whether it's an art car or their focus is DJs or their focus is food or art or workshops or talks. Everybody gets together and supports that purpose. And <clears throat> for instance, to have a large sound camp, you need a lot of people to do that. So everyone has to camp together and there's a lot of things that make it work so that all those people can camp together. You need power, 
structure, water, food, all those things. So all these people can make that one thing that they're there to do for everyone else, like come to life. So um, the camp that I work with, they do um, kind of like a performance that uses soap and water and it's, um, it's called, it's like a foam experience and mm. people can come and it's hot out there and everyone, you know, they come and there's music and you get shot with foam and then you get showered off and then you get to leave. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot more to it, but to make that actual performance pull itself off, there's a, a lot, lot of logistics. There's yeah. so much logistics that go to it. So I love being a part of making that happen. So, so the difference between being a camp and not being a camp is when you're doing more than just staying there. You're kind of trying to achieve an active goal as a like-minded group. I mean, I, th I know. Or is, or is everybody a camp? I think, I mean, I've met people who have come just by themselves and camped just like in their town. No, I know they somewhere. camp, but are they, are they part of a camp? You know what I mean? That's what I was more interested in was the camp culture. Yeah. This idea of grouping together and having like-minded ideas of what we're going to achieve at the festival like financially know? it's the best way to pull it off because then everyone comes together with their resources so everybody has what they need so food water shade structure whatever it's all there you know versus when you go by yourself you kind of got to fend for yourself and have your own food whatever but if you're with a camp it can it can all kind of come together because everybody pulls together even like way before the event like fundraisers whatever so that everyone has money to pull whatever it is that they're doing off, you know. Even a lot of people just do theme camps and they don't do shit. It's just a bunch of people camping together, but they all group together and shared resources, right. trucks, fuel. Because the whole idea is to have people come together, coalesce in the desert and support each other uh, without any monetary uh, transactions or anything like that. It's all trading. Um, and it, for the most part, right, or they, at least that's how it started. I think it would be really hard with 70,000 to continue on that, that path. Where do you think... Um, now that it is 70,000, it's so large, it's becoming more mainstream. We know that more and more festivals are becoming mainstream. Uh, you know, even the, the, like you said, you got started in the rave scene. EDC now is so huge and it's very mainstream. And so is Coachella now. It's two weekends. And these things are getting bigger and bigger. Um, what is your thoughts about uh, Burning Man turning into such a large city in the desert now instead of just being um, something that was a little bit more under the radar, uh, maybe a little bit more intimate than uh, now? That's like everybody asked that question. I never went when it was really intimate. I've been to another event that's kind of a break off of Burning Man called Wastelands that's still at its small. So I've kind of seen the other side, but I mean, I've always said, and I've heard a lot of people say that like Burning Man quote unquote is like where ravers go to retire. You know, it's like, but now that culture is getting mesh huge. And so you'll go out there and you'll see certain people that, you know, are in the, it used to be all about like community, like the music. It'd be this theme camp would have like DJs of their community. So right. it'd be like this LA, all these LA DJs. Now it's like huge, huge, big people like Skrillex. Wow, really? Oh yeah, Skrillex was out there last mm -hmm. year. I saw him play with Diplo. Uh -huh. um, and that was actually kind of cool. It was How cool is he me. accepted? I mean, like, I would think that... The idea is to accept bit. everyone. It is. It but, is. You know, it's like okay. the open acceptance of everyone. So right. I mean, just because somebody's famous doesn't mean they can't come to Burning Man. As long as you agree to the ideals, I'm just like... Sign and agree to some uh, agreement? I mean, there's camps out there now that cater to that type of culture. Glamping. So it is more of a, no. rave, more of a rave culture. The yeah, the if you could say that, you could say that. And you could say that too. There's people who do it like pay to have yeah. everything out there for them and, the and whatever. Yeah, I mean, and then there's, pe rave there's people who come out there with nothing and are amazing at pulling it off. Uh -huh. It's just, it's a city. So, like, in any city... There's going to be bums. There's going to be people who are super succeeding, and then there's going to be people that are... There's going to be people thriving, and there's going to be people that are getting stomped it on. Literally it literally is you know? a full-on city. I mean, everybody does everything. There's a post office. There's an airport. There's, you know, like, water. There's, quote-unquote, Burning Man police, not the regular police, because there's regular police, too. There's, you know, there's ice. There's um How many regular healing. police officers do you see? I think the count this year for their like BLM and they're kind of like police. Right. They have a huge, huge like station over there. Uh -huh. And I mean, there was rumors about this new like chief of police or new sheriff in like that area. I don't even know what the details were, but you can start busting there's a lot, but a lot of them are really fucking cool. Right. A lot of them are really, really cool. A lot of them like they're just there to kind of be like hey we're here don't they're there because they're paid to be there 
Yeah, but you know, they're not. It's definitely not like when it like lightning in a bottle a couple years ago when everywhere you went, if there was a cop, like you were fucked, and they were like looking to just fuck you. Wow. It's not. Are you guys allowed to swear? Yeah. This? Oh, you're totally allowed to swear. Trying to try not to be excessive. Right? <laughs> if you want, if you want to pull the trigger every now and then. It's suitable. <laughs> It's very suitable. They're totally suitable. cool. Like I actually, I I like chilled with one once, or like this last morning, man. I was talking to a guy. I was waiting at Santa Camp to get my health permit, and I was talking to him, and he was asking me about my tail, and he was really cool, and he's like, "Yeah, it's really cool." He's showing me pictures of his family. Like he was cool. He didn't seem threatening at all, you know. But I'm, I like to talk to those kind of people. They're not out to get right. people. They're there for our security, and it's Safety. oh yeah, but. You know, Burning Man itself, if they weren't there, they'd get by. They have their own internal security that No, operates. people people would just start getting stabbed left and right without them. No, there, not Matt. even. They're, they're, there for, they're there for security and safety. I mean, those if someone's going to get stabbed, they're going to get stabbed regardless. They're 70,000 yeah, people I know. versus... I'm, I'm just joking. You asked that. about the, the, the population. I would say that the ratio is probably 1 to maybe like 30 or 50. Okay. So it's like it's very small in comparison. Like, and you only saw them in heavily populated areas. So if you were out, they're paid. In... They're paid to be there, Matt. The illusion of control. <laughs> you know, if we're, we're there. We're looking over the event. We have control of what's going to happen the authority here. Authority is here. Well, technically they are there, Stay but are they calm. are they really doing anything to impact the event? Like you said, lightning in a bottle. Apparently they were at Burning Man. Much less. Of the I mean, they're actually the kind of invisible. You don't really see the BLM. You see more of the Rangers because they kind of they also dress sort of. They, I mean, I'm not talking like tutus or whatever, but. The ranger, like, outfit or uniform, if you will, is very Burner-esque. So you see more of them, and you can relate to them, and you're not afraid of them. But they're just as good of a security or a police force, if you will. Like, if you saw somebody, if you saw something go down, like somebody getting raped, or if you were raped, you definitely want to go to a ranger right. before you went to, like, a BLM. Gotcha. Because gotcha. they don't give a fuck about whatever. They're just going to, both of you guys are going to be ejected. And, yeah. So... And that's what I was talking about, Devin, as far as the safety. I mean, you have to. There, there. It's nice to have somebody to go to who has access to something else. If you do see something like like that go down, I mean, you actually obviously have a lot of, you know, uh, substances being ingested and things like that, which put people in uh, different states of minds, and you know, a lot can happen during that uh, that type of uh, event. So. And that's so. what rangers do. They're there to control the people that are in their drugged out state. Right. Right. They're really good at it versus. A, like a BLM guy may not, you know, they almost could make it worse. Yeah. Uh -huh. And if someone needs to be ejected, it's not like they're going to not, they're going to keep this rapist in the party like, oh, now you're with the Rangers, you're cool. No, they'll they'll escalate it if it needs to get escalated. But Right. Hopefully if you're a rapist, they do more than just eject you. Yeah. yeah. We're kidding. No. And I think that's, that's a culture that's kind of gone away. You know, the consent culture is so huge right now that if, I mean, rape isn't really so much of a thing. Well, what do you know about the growth of Burning Man, are they going to cap it at 70,000? Is it going to get larger? Are they talking about, you know, extending it? Or is it just like we've reached the, you know, the maximum point we've wanted to reach with it? Um, I'm actually on the board here in San Diego for an art collective which sponsored me to go to um, what's called the GLC, the General Leadership Conference for Burning Man and the Burning Man Network. So all the people from regional events from all over the world were there and we talked like had all these classes and talks and got to hear all these things about Burning Man, the direction it's going, and you know, we've heard your voice on this, we've heard your voice on that, and um, you have to cap it at one point just because, I mean, you have to for the size of the footprint, um, you know, I mean, even though the event is extremely good at like really, I mean, probably in the next couple of weeks if you went out there, you would never even know it was there. But it's still like there's I mean there's capacities on everything. So I mean are, there's are so they, many are, events are, are that they, go are they on. Capacity? Do you think they're going to get any larger? I hope not. I really do because any bigger it just it gets kind of like almost overwhelming. Even you know walking out there sober you're just like holy shit there's so much going on like it's just it's overwhelming and it's so it almost makes no point if there's 150,000 people and you spend all this money to have this special camp right and you're in the middle of nowhere it's uh -huh. like who's gonna come there yeah like if you get on the end and you're building all this insulation you have a year's worth of work that goes into it you have all these resources and you're stuck on the end of something and then you got 150,000 people there so you can't possibly get around to see everything right? and there's I mean, all these things happening on the way so it's right. like imagine all these carnivals put into one yeah which carnival are you going to go to uh -huh. well i mean that's part of the the craziness of it. when you think about how it started it's kind of like it was a town 
and then it became a city. Now it's a metropolis. Right. It's reached this stage of so much growth that, like you said, you could go to 20 camps a night and you wouldn't get to go to even like 2% of the camps in the entire city if you did it for the entire week of Burning Man. So it's pretty impressive, the overall scale of things. So I, I do think it's interesting that, you know, it's drawn so many people. Clearly, something's culturally reverberating. We're seeing growth of festivals that are a little more alternative. You know, obviously, we've seen a lot of big, major multi-day music festivals, Coachella, EDC, et cetera, et cetera. But we've seen a big growth also in Burning Man culture as well. Symbiosis, Lightning in a Bottle, drew well, a, a lot ton of big name artists this year. They've driven from Burning Man. Are, are you involved in any of these other events? All of them. Every single one that you mentioned, I mean, and all of them, because of Burning Man, a lot of that culture is getting into them. I mean, even EDC, like the producer of EDC, he has his own camp at Burning Man. He has, he has his own art car and shit. Like, Not that well, it helps when you're worth like $40 million. But for a lot of people, it's a bucket list thing. I mean, and I there's like a real big influx of stars. I met Susan Sarandon this year. Wow. Um, I mean, I... Didn't really. Not the one that I would think, <laughs> actually. I know she's a cool chick. Yeah. Um, actually, because... I didn't even know who she was. I was talking to her and she was asking me questions. Oh, legendary actress. And yeah. then I heard someone, my friend mentioned to me who it was, and I know her name. I can't really picture things that she's in. But it's Dead like, Man wow. Walking, League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah, last year I saw P. Diddy, um, you know, and then there's like people like Skrillex. Um, she wants League of Their Own. There's. <laughs> and, and there's always the awesome rumors of stars that are going to be there, which also drives that stars. You know, right. uh, fanfare right. or whatever, yeah, but right. you know, like there's always the big rumor of Daft Punk playing uh, at the trash. There's a rumor fence. of Daft Punk oh, playing yes. everywhere, all the time, every year. Well, it's funny because the way that yeah. the rumors like keeps progressing, it's it's a hilarious joke, and I just can't wait. Like, I really wish that I could be that one person to actually book them uh-huh. and totally pull it off at the trash fence. Like, that would just be unfucking real. Like, it's been a rumor for at least four or so years now where it's the first year was like you know a lot of people went out there and it was like haha jokes on you and then the next one's like uh whatever yeah we're over it so like like, now that the cry wolf is like "Eh." empty promises if you actually really did it yeah and people had pictures no for real maybe that's what they're waiting for is that it's stale right they're waiting for it to stale out die down people would be like yeah 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 and then all of a sudden boom and there's the freaking shiny mask and they're up there doing the thing i wouldn't mind building like a facade like a stage facade that like looked really good like they were actually playing up there and have lights and shit going and have people come with their cameras and take pictures and then go show their friends, no, I'm not lying to you. Look, they were there. I saw them. I was right there. Maybe, so maybe, maybe, shit maybe we should have the Tupac hologram there too <laughs> and, and some more stuff. You know? Totally fuck them over. Totally. And that's there, what's man. cool. You know, Burning Man started from a group of people that were all shenaniganers, you know, and they were called the Cacophony Society, right? And okay. so... They were a bunch of people who were like tricksters. And that's kind of like how it was like, you know, the hecklers and the tricksters and the like, the game you'll never lose or the game you'll never win, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of progressed. So all these jokes and things like that and pranksters where people like flip signs upside down or misdirect people. You know, I, I don't have good good intentions about people who play three-card money, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, these people, they, they have games you never win. Huh. Not a fan of those people, I gotta be honest. But I mean, you're at Burning Man walking around and there's somebody asks you to play a game. You don't give a fuck if you are win or lose. You're just, wow, happy, that's cool. Happy you're to be playing you're with standing there else. on the it's moonlight about, with your homegirl that... It's about the humanity. Yeah, at, about, at Burning Man, I don't care on the street money. for $50 telling me to pick the right queen, I care. Nobody's going to charge you $50. Contacts. They'll charge you like a hug or a thumb wrestle. Yeah, no, I just, you're like, they're tricksters. They're like hustlers, so... It's it's funny. It's, it's a very avant-garde crowd, let's say. It's funny. It's right. it's what it is. It's funny stuff. People will do a lot of funny things. Uh, it was like, wasn't it like 100, 200 people the first year? I have, you know, I the numbers, I don't know. I mean, and it also goes way, way back to a bunch of different things. And the way it sprouted off into different countries and, like, different regions. Like, even Utopia or San Diego has its own Burning Man regional-sponsored event. So we have to, up that event has to uphold by all the quote-unquote regional guidelines of Burning Man. Gotcha. So all the ten principles, which is kind of a big thing about Burning Man, which is what keeps it going, I think, which is what keeps it from being Coachella and EDC and stuff like that because it's, you know, you don't, it, it's, 
it's crazy, but it's like it's refreshing. So I like it way better than big old massive corporate sponsored events. So you said that you work, um, you know, with with this organization here. Uh, you said an art collective mm -hmm. is what it is. What's the name of the art? Collective? It's called San Diego Collaborative Arts Project. Okay, excellent. And uh, what uh, you said you work on all these events year round, the regional events, um, you, Lightning in a Bottle, Utopia, Devin, Devin Rattled, yeah. a couple other ones. Um, what actually are, 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 is your involvement? Like, what are what are you doing? What are you in control of? Um, the main thing that I do is. I mean, and I'm not a cook, but I do, I, I build and support festival kitchens, whether it's to feed the people that are working the festival or like at Burning Man, I support a large camp. And basically I work with chefs and I pretty much run the rest of it, run the volunteers, run the staff, run all the logistics, make sure everything's in order, you know, so the chefs and whatever can do whatever they do, get food out and I mean, I kind of fell into it a long time ago, actually, with Utopia, and then it just kind of sprouted from there, because I think what I'm really good at is the management aspect, mm -hmm. um, with volunteers, getting jobs done, making it fun, and um, there's a huge need for that, you know? Right. So all these other events, mainly what I do is I feed the people who are running the event and building the event, not the people that are participants. So how long before the event are you out there? Um, for Burning Man, we were out there about... Five days, I think, before gates opened. Last year we were there way, way earlier. But um, was five days enough to do what you needed to do? Yeah, it's just it's really hard. You know, there's a lot of work, and then it's either really, really, really hot or windy and shitty. So you kind of have to duck and cover because there a couple times there was like a dust storm, and it's like you just yeah, you, you can't us, do shit. You brought, us, you brought us this thing here, uh, this uh, Burning Man Survival Guide 2015. It's pretty <laughs> interesting. Um, and th like you said, there is a whole section in here about what to do in a whiteout uh, that talks about some, some craziness and, uh, and and things. And we all know that that does happen, you know, across the playa. And we've all seen this, the, the 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 images, or most of us have. So during a whiteout, seek immediate shelter and stay there. Now is the time to use those goggles you brought. Uh, if you're far from shelter, sit down, cover your face with a shirt, wait, carry a dust mask with you at all times, be on alert for moving vehicles, and if you're in a moving vehicle, stop that shit. Uh, you will not be able to see where you're going. You could hurt yourself or others. Unbelievable. So rainstorms too. So have you been there during a rainstorm? Yep, I've been there during rain, thunder, super wind, super hot, hail. Uh, last year, it practically like flooded. I mean, because oh it's goodness. like a super compacted dirt. Right. So, so just any water that gets on it immediately just starts to like puddle up. So like, oh. I mean, I was sleeping. I heard this crack of thunder last year, which is what woke me up. Came out and there was probably about two and a half inches. It was almost coming into my tent of water. Wow. And then it like stops and it's like butt ass hot. Uh huh. So it's. And then now you have to deal with this fucked off mud everywhere. <laughs> right. So, and oh that's even worse because you can't move around because they don't want to destruct the ground too much. Uh -huh. And, you know, just, I mean, everyone rides around on bikes out there. So if you're driving an art car down a shitty ass muddy road, yeah, almost makes it impossible for people to ride bikes and stuff. So. Yeah. Shoot. God, you thought Woodstock was a mess. The windstorms yeah. are the worst though because you just really can't. The wind? The dust, yeah. the wind I can hang. So you like batten it's, down the hatches? Like do you guys have um, like protocol like for something like that when it happens? Is like do people have like stations where oh, you're like, not really. you, <laughs> get the mask, you, hold the shit, you, unplug all the things before you go to electrocute it out here. Like, <laughs> big old like emergency siren. No, but I'm, yes and no. It almost kind of like people who've done these huge camps before, they know what to do. Um, like if you're by yourself in your tent, you're just kind of like, fuck it. And you just wait. Go, go to the tent and wait. You just wait for Are you, you ever really by yourself in your tent though? No, I'm, I'm, no. But I there's some so. people that go out there that like to just try to just Eat a bunch of acid by themselves. And they'll figure, no, and then just out. meet people, you know, right, whatever. Right. But like, meet well, people on acid. we definitely had a protocol. Well, you're on We definitely had a protocol. Stop what you're doing. Stop working. Cover right. everything up. Close. Right. We were blessed to have like all kinds of cool infrastructure. How many, how many people are in your camp? Our camp this year had about 300 and some odd people, wow. like probably like 340. Does everybody have a job? Supposedly. And there's a lot of, really there's some people time, who right? just 
I mean, and also a lot of theme camps, what they do is you have to pay to be a part of this camp because uh, you're getting food, right. water, power. So there's a camp due. Makes sense. And um, so on top of your ticket, you have a camp due. And on with these camp dues, you get certain amenities like food, power, whatever. So a lot of people do offer help and they chip in and they make it all work. There's mm -hmm. a core amount of people that are there to make it work, quote unquote staff. And then there's people who just kind of... There's somebody that'll make this happen, so I'm just gonna carry. If I on. can blend yeah. in, yeah, and fall back into the shadows, everybody else will run this yeah. shit. Everybody definitely. No has one a notices. Role. I'm not doing anything. Right. Everybody has awesome. a role for sure, one way or another. Whether you're part of the foam performance or doing makeup or. Well, foam performance. I thought it was just like a shower. What's what's it's going on? It's definitely not a shower in the state of Nevada. Performance art, man. In the state of Nevada, it's illegal to have public showers. So, and it's not. It's a basically there's a bunch Seems of music everybody comes in and you get doused with this foam and you dance around everyone screams there's hyping people up above screaming yeah you're so awesome you know you whatever and then they douse you with water so you're not in there showering so right, to speak right. you technically don't get that clean but it's very refreshing i'm sure it's very like getting the dust off you for a second yeah for a second i mean even in the dust storms it's crazy because people be in there and it's like man the moment you walk out you're fucked <laughs> but, but it was great for that couple it minutes. Is, and, you know, it must feel great. Yeah. I mean, I like, well, I mean, camp, isn't it like the first thing you want to do when you leave Burning Man is take a shower? Oh, or absolutely. maybe I like, sleep in a real bed, probably those two things. No, shower for shower sure first. first. Yeah, like when we all nice got to the hotel, one. that's the first There's thing dust inside did. every one of your orifices. Yeah. Uh, disgusting. Yeah. 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 yeah, even if you're wearing goggles and earplugs. And everybody says, and like, oh, Lisa, you should be camping like you know you should be always clean all the time because of the camp you're at not really because i'm there to support it so right. that you really can come and do it your fun we're giving to yeah you. It's exactly a type of service, right? exactly in fact all of us were hella dirty all the time because we're making it fun for everyone else so other than yours i mean do you you you're working and, and obviously you're supporting it but do you do you get to get out and, and, and roam mm -hmm. around and mingle and, and get into you know some other camps and check those out um so you can um, and what what was your favorite this year? Oh my gosh, um, there was so many. It's really quick and random when I do get to leave. I'm pretty much it's like a day job. I get up, I work from eight to ten, and then after ten I can go out. And it's up to me if I want to rage hard because I still have to be at work at eight o'clock, or I could just come home and go to bed. So um, I got to go out with a good friend of mine. Actually, this year eight to ten. We're talking about eight in the in morning, the morning 10, till ten at night. Ten at night. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of breaks here and there, but I, I'm, I'm really busy trying to keep. And then you only up. have two hours to go out because my mom told me that nothing good happens after midnight. So you know, everything you good night. happens after midnight. Man, <laughs> everything good happens after midnight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and actually, like, you, there's That's things when the fire that stretch. It's life. not like some events you go to, and when the sun comes up, it's kind of like everyone's kind of chilling mm -hmm. seems like some a lot of times sunrise and when the sun comes up that's when a lot of the really cool things happen at burning man like the robot heart sunrise set yeah i mean you can go on a helico yeah. helicopter Sunfall. ride um the, so the coolest thing was we went out some tribal shit right there there was <laughs> indeed, two cool indeed. things the coolest thing was this was the first year i actually got to go see the man burn like while being in front of it and it was super epic fireworks my friends, all my friends were around. I got to see a local San Diego fire performance group um, do their whole thing, like right at the base of the man. They're called the Conclave. That was really dope. Um, and I ran into a really good friend that I hadn't seen in years, just randomly while riding my bike. I mean, you can't really say what was your favorite moment because there was a favorite because it, it's just moment after moment yeah. right i mean it's like it's about being there and being an well, experience well, well, why, why don't you share a moment with us then just share one. a moment um it would be riding my bike down the street with a group of my friends and some guy was walking towards me with a like um like a robe over or like a piece of fabric over his face i couldn't even see who it was and i thought it was gonna hit him and he's like i'm not gonna run into you and i recognized the voice and i stopped and it was my super super good friend and we just like embrace and it was extremely random like at that moment at that time and i'm watching my friends go they don't know i've stopped and it's like the moment you lose your friends you're you're, off. you're, you're pretty much done right give up it's not like you can be like where are you right. i mean cell phones don't really work that well and it was great because he's just like come with us and i went with him and his girl we hung out i got to go to their camp which was a small tent 
way in the back, which, you know, I come from like big city and now I'm with like <laughs> 300 down to small people. And it was super cool, just chilling and it was random and it really cheered me up and like made my day. Um, going to a punk rock show at center camp with one of my other good friends was really dope yeah. and hanging off like rafters and punching people in the face and pushing beers out of people, just extremely reckless because it's like, I'm not at my camp anymore so I can just fuck off because no one knows where to find me when I'm done. I can just take off and they're not going to find me. So. What's the type of physical toll this takes on you? Like, you know, the sun, the, the dehydration, the lack of sleep, the, the partying. Like, when you come back, how thrashed are you? you I mean, do you take a week off? Do you take a, a break? I know a lot of people stop in Reno afterwards to, like, vacay for a couple of days. Is that right? I mean... When you first go, you don't anticipate, but if you've gone before, you know how to, like, take care of yourself. Like, all those things, like, when you're at home and you're on that weekend bender, and you know you don't want to, like, take your vitamins or drink that awesome, like, protein smoothie that'll make you feel good, all those things, you have to do them there. You have to do all those things that you know, like, you don't feel like you want to do, but you have to. Like, drinking tons of water, no matter how fucked up you are, you have to just keep the water going, because... Not only that, your voice goes, and you get super lethargic, and now you're like... Oh, I, I lose my voice at two-day shows anyway. Devin can yeah, attest to I that. can attest <laughs> pretty quickly, actually. I do you lose, lose my you voice lose pretty quickly, first day. Yeah. By, the, first day. by the end of the first day, yeah. it's Austin, guaranteed. Without question. Yeah. But then you're just miserable. I mean, there's 10 days of this shit. Yeah. And then, I mean, Ooh. you paid to be there for this long. Why do you want to ruin it? So you got to right. keep yourself in check. But, you know, your people, everyone's really cool about coming up and being like, girl, you look like you need sunscreen right. and a drink and a thing. Here, let me help you out. And they, yeah. you know, and yeah. everybody kind of, the cool thing about Burning Man is when you're walking and someone says hi to you, you're going to say hi back. No one's just going to, like, ignore you or be clicky with their cool group of friends and their tutus, you know, and... So with with Burning Man, like you know, and, and you said that it's starting to it's starting to kind of commingle a little bit now with like like the rave scene. It, it's a natural scene. it's a natural progression, right? To go from your the typical EDM type of um, show and then into that because it is kind of the counterculture. It's something that's a, it's a little bit different, um, and it is to me a little bit more uh, about the actual um, people at the experience of Burning Man than it is maybe at a, at a normal festival. Um, do you see that bro culture kind of coming in there or has that still been, you know, pushed out by the, the traditional, you know, you know, the burners and the guys that, you know, the people that are, that are still, you know, down to earth. Cause I would say that like most of the, most of the burners that I see are kind of like, you know, very, very close to like a, like a 1960s hippie culture in a way. Mm -hmm, totally. um, so very, very far removed from the big steroids and the pool parties and that kind of culture that kind of has seeped into EDM. So is it, has it, has that kind of come in or, I mean, is, is it still accepting of that? Uh, it's just interesting to me as we get, as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, or is it still just like subsections of the city and the, on the playa that are like that? Or, or how, how is the, the diversity of the people? All of the above. I mean, so like I've seen it in full influx with people I know and also just you see it. That culture that you're talking about, they'll be like, yeah, let's all go to Burning Man and they'll go. And if they're not prepared and they don't go with whatever, they see the potential and they're like, next year I'm going to do this. And it takes a lot of work to a make an art car or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then it's almost like they, they transform. Right. And they let, they let go of a lot of the things. So like what I, the big thing that I see between the two differences is money. So, like, for instance, if you go to Coachella, you can go to a vendor and buy yourself food. You can go buy yourself some water. You can go buy yourself drugs, whatever. You can go to the bar, the beer garden, whatever. you got to take all that shit with you to Burning Man and also, like, maintain it. Mm -hmm. So it's really tricky, and you also learn that. So either people go and they fail and they have a miserable time and they're like, fuck that shit, I'm going to stick to my glamour parties. Right. Or they go and they meet someone and they have an experience, whether it's their neighbor or whatever, and they're like, whoa. And it's profound. It and you, you built this all yourself? wow, I know how to weld too, and oh my gosh, and this, that, and then and then they come home inspired, and then they drift from these other things to focus on these things, and then they start to learn about regional events and all these other things, and I mean, everybody I've known who's gone to Burning Man has come back like quote-unquote change, right. but you don't, you, to be a burner, you don't have to go to Burning Man at all. Right. No right. way. It's like the culture, the thought process, the... Uh, uh -huh. 
you know, mentality, right? Yeah, it's, totally. It's almost, it's in a weird way, it's totally a religion in so many ways because of the way that the community aspect works and the quote-unquote principles could be seen sort of as the commandments. But they're kind of like the commandments, you know, don't, you know, don't fuck people over. I think the principles are actually in here. They are. Go ahead. Oh, and they're like right here. Rattle them off to They're us. like right here. Um, okay, my very favorite one, which is basically what we were talking about, is radical inclusion. So anyone may be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No, re no prerequisites exist for participation in our community. So, like, you don't have to be cool. You don't have to have an art card. Well, that just you answered my anything. question right yeah, there, right? right there. I mean, like, it's like, hey, man, come on in. Anybody. Like, see what it's all about. Anybody. Like, you know, yeah. immerse yourself into this into this idea. We'll right? figure it out. We're not going to take care of you. And <laughs> so if, if, you, if you fail, you fail. Whatever. Um, gifting. This is what you were also talking about me, too. So Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting does not, gifting does not contemplate... <laughs> Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange for something of equal value. So basically, if I give you a gift, I shouldn't expect a gift. And right. it's just something you it's give out to people. Yeah, and if you're one of those people who doesn't have anything, you could walk up to somebody and be like, hey. Give a hug. A compliment. A hug, give whatever. Something. But if you, like, so like, for instance, this right oh, here. Oh, you knocked over your ply of dirt. We got some ply <laughs> dirt right here. People this is what I made no. for my gift. And I give these out to people if I had a really interesting conversation with you or you're like super awesome and we exchanged information here. I am, so you should Here, I made you something. And even though I didn't make it for you at that moment, I definitely made it for you. Right. And I give it to right. you and I'm not going to expect anything in return. Awesome. Or I could walk up to a camp and be like, look, you guys, can I get some ice for my drink? Um, I made these things at home with my blood, sweat, and tears on my own little laser cutter, blah, blah, blah. Here, have one. And whatever. But you can also walk up and ask for ice. And if you're lucky, people will share. They'll be a dick and be like, sorry, we're out. Um, decommodification, which is a huge one. It's a um, huge word. It is. Um, decommodification. So, in order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorship, transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such exploitation. We resist the substitution of consumption for participa participatory experience. So, basically, what that means is like. Um, Carl's Jr. can't come and have a camp and give out and sell Carl's Jr. Or even give away Carl's Jr. Yeah. Because like, it's promoting a commercial product. It's yeah. commercially incentivized. Yeah. We're going to make money off of this somehow right. on They're the back end. It's marketing. At that exactly. Point. It's, on the back end, we're going to make money. And also, too, like your U-Haul. When you come out, you have to cover up your U-Haul writing and the signs on your U-Haul because that's just something that, you know, the, it, it just doesn't want to be seen. Right. Or like... It's marketing. It's commercialized. A lot of camps... Huh like especially big camps, they come together because somebody either probably has their own business. Right. So like if you're ABC Welding Company and you have all these trucks that say ABC Welding, when you get there you have to cover up all your ABC Welding advertising because you're not going to advertise. Right. You know? That's not what it's about. So and that's a really big huge one that kind of keeps it going. Um, radical self-reliance. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on his or her inner resources. So take care of your own shit. If you think you're going to need it when you go to Burning Man, you should probably bring it. Or you could be what they call a sparkle pony and try to get it from everybody else. Mm. So sparkle pony, I like that. Yeah, a sparkle pony is basically, and I think the way it like was derived was from like women, right? So super hot ah, chick comes right. with a bunch of dope outfits and sick makeup, and she's super cute. Right, pasties. But she ain't got shit. She ain't got food or drugs or hey, alcohol. If it works in the rest of the world, <laughs> it works at Burning <laughs> it's totally, Man. It's it's totally totally does, and you'll burning, see it. You'll burning, see. burning Man may be different. It ain't that. No, you'll see it. Let me tell you. You'll see it. You'll see it. Like, cute girl come into camp and she'll try to get some alcohol. She'll try to get some of your food and maybe even maybe even try to crash up. And you're probably supposed to be obligated to share your drugs with her. I don't even know, but. She might be obligated to play with her balls. This sparkle pony is real and it's funny. Gift it, bro. Yes. Obligated. I'll gift you my balls to play with. Radical self expression. So, radical self expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. No one other than the individual or collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered as a gift to others. And in the spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. So if you're that guy who wants to rock around naked and that's your radical self-expression, just be conscious that not everybody wants to see your shit. Right. So don't force it upon you. So, so if I'm walking up to you, don't be like, hey, man, look at my dick. Look at my dick. Just carry on walking around with your dick out. And if you want to look at it, that's your own choice to look at it. So. Right. 
Um, the communal effort, which is pretty obvious, our community values creative cooperation and collaboration. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support interaction. So everybody kind of works together. Um, civic responsibility. We value civic, civil society. Community members who organize events should assume responsibility for public welfare and endeavor to communicate civic responsibilities to participants. So, you know, basically, if you're going to have an event, make sure you have all the people there to make this thing right, happen. Right. Don't you know? rely on somebody else. Yeah. Leave no trace. That's a huge one, also known as LNT. And that's what you were talking about. That like right now, if you went there, you probably wouldn't see. Actually, if you went there right now, you'd see the like the like the resto crew doing like full, almost looks like a forensic walk across right. the playa looking for the little shitty right, piece of feather. Right, right. The end of a matchstick. Takes like, like two months to like clean it up. Oh, oh yeah, totally. Um, so basically, the community respects the environment. We're committed to leaving no physical physical trace of our activities. So that includes water. That's why you can't pee everywhere you want to pee because whatever. Right. You can't shit wherever you want to shit. And if you have a bunch of garbage from your camp, you got to take that shit with you. No one's going to come pick it up. Um, participation. So our community is committed to radically participatory ethic. We believe, this is a huge one, we believe that transformative change, whether the individual or in society, can occur only through the medium of deeply personal participa participation. So, in, you know, basically your, your theme camp is encourages people walking by to participate in whatever right, you got right, going on. Right. You're not going to have this secret thing going on that if you've never done it before, we're not going to teach you how to do it. You just, if you don't know, you don't know. That's gotcha. totally not radically including people. And then the immediacy, so immediate experience is in many ways the most important touchstone and value of our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and the recognition of our inner selves, the reality of those around us, and participate, participation in society. You have a hard time with that word. Though. Participation? I don't know why. Like, so you get some participation out there in the uh, playa. When it does, the water runs. Really. I mean, <laughs> precipitate, participate, and stay. There's hey. ten principles. A lot of these kind of go inside. But when I think of the ten principles, I think of definitely radical inclusion, decommodification, uh, radical self-reliance, and the leaving no trace. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know. I like the idea that they promote the interaction. It's about interaction. It's about spontaneity, right? It's about running into somebody, like you said, like your friend. You're cruising down the, 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 the street. You're on your bicycles. You got your friend. You run into your other friend. And then, boom, and you're off on a whole different tangent that you never even thought that you were going to, like, experience. And that whole time, you know, you're, 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 you're just in it. You're immersed in this world. And you're, you're there, and, and, and that's what you're doing. And that's it. I love doing awesome. the solo mission at Burning Man. Like, you know how hard it is to keep your group of friends together? Like, let's go here, and we're all on bikes, and it's like you're fighting this friend. It's like ridiculous. I'd rather just like get on my bike and bail, but you gotta be quiet about it, because the moment someone sees you leaving, they're like, where are you going? I'll come with you. And you're like, fuck, now I got this person with me. Right. But the solo the solo mission is awesome, because You can't no come, matter, bro, you're just dead weight, you're gonna hold me down. Yeah, no matter where you go, it's like, like you can, I mean, I've- It's up to you. You're not worried about anybody else's feelings, thoughts, opinions, if you're just in the moment. I've done it at many festivals, and I tell people, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be back. Like, where are you going? I'll be like, I'm not sure, but I'll be back here in an hour and a half, and I'll see you then. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna yep. go to a stage. I'm gonna sit down. You know, I'm just gonna see what happens. Next thing you know, you're talking to somebody you wouldn't have talked to. You're dancing to a song yep. you wouldn't have danced to, and it the adventure continues. It takes you like an hour it's kind to of like, go. It's kind of like a, an unexpected detour. You know, you kind of have in your head what you want to do at these festivals, and when you go on that solo mission, you kind of accept the fact that. You don't know what you're going to do at these mm -hmm. festivals, but it's all going to be all right. It's mm -hmm. all going to be all right. Right, exactly. So that's let's get into that. You know, I mean, we, we touched on the, on the topic. We all know that when, when when people are out there, you know, it's it's it, it obviously it's it's there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of there's a lot of art, there's a lot of installations, there's a lot of things going on. You know, how 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 is how is the you know the the drug culture and the things that go on there? I mean, is it is it outrageous? Is it outlandish? Is it as much as people think it is, or is it is it a little bit more subtle, or is it just just part of it and, and you just roll with it? It's totally all of the above. I mean, there's smart people who keep it subtle. There's people who know what they're doing. There's people who took too much, and that's all a thing. It's so vast and huge. So like, it's a metropolis. The people who do yeah. too much kind of just. They get lost. Yeah. There's people who handle it, and then there's people who just. In in some days, it seems like you know, like you're four days in, it's you, 
anybody you meet, you're automatically like, this person's high as fuck. But they're not. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're, not. they're, they're, they're really... dehydrated, tired, hungover. No, or it could just be the crazy shit they're talking about. They or are. whatever it is they're doing. Uh, you know, they're crazy. They're, they're, they're playing delirious. They're, the experience they're cool. is so outlandish. Oh, yeah. So like, they're just... really cool art thing that they're doing. Okay, so this reminds me of another cool thing, right? So I don't remember the name of the camp. I wish I did. I'm sorry, cool camp guys. It was super back in, like, the small, non-themed camp camping area. So this is where all the solo people are, whatever. But it was, like, this group of five guys, not from the United States. They made, like, this black light tent, and it was a 10 by 20 tent. You put on these glasses, and you walk in, and it's all black lights and cool black light paints and all this 3D shit, whatever. And they made, they're all these engineers, right? Super genius guys, right? And they made these games, like these video games, and you go up and you play them with your 3D glasses, and they're super trippy, interactive, and they're, like, crazy. So they had this one game where you hold these two trigger, like, guns, whatever, in your hands, and you're looking at a screen, and there's, like, things going by, and you have to shoot them. And it'll go by, and a thing will kind of come down. It's, like, really archaically made, but it works, and the thing comes down that says shoot. So the, like, thing will go by, and you'll press the trigger. So with your glasses, the black light, whatever, and I was totally, completely sober. <clears throat> what came out of the gun was, like, a paint blob. It looked liquidy. It looked like a splatter. And also this noise, you put headphones on, this noise in your ear goes... <laughs> and so it sounds, and it looks like goob and paint. And it goes... <laughs> and it hits the thing, and it goes... <laughs> and it spatters everyone. You're like, what the fuck? And then you keep doing it, and there's a guy next to you telling you, do not take your glasses off, do not take your glasses off. And you try to play the game, and you have three things, whatever, and they tell you if you win or lose. And then you're like, oh, my God what's going on here? And the guy's like, okay, so now you can whatever. So then they start the game back up again and I go to shoot and I take my glasses up and I look down and all that's shooting out of this gun is like fog, huh. like fog from like a fog machine, just regular white fog, you know, and there's lights you can see, but whatever. But the combination of the, it was actually colored fog. Uh -huh. The combination of the colored fog, the glasses and the way they had these black lights made it look solid and it, so it looked like goo. So it was like, you know, when fog comes out of a fog right. mister, kind of imagine yeah, it if it was solid. Like, it blew my mind. And I was not in any way. And the guy's like, yeah, what do you want? And I'm like, water? <laughs> what the hell did you, how did you do this? He's like, we were just playing around. He discovered it with his vape pen one night at a club. And he was wearing these 3D glasses and he hit his vape pen and, and it looked all trippy. And he's like, wow, how can I make that better? And I that's what's share this. I gotta share this with the world. I swear to God, if, if like a nuclear bomb were to go off and Burning Man were just to be there, we'd probably still be fucked. But there's a lot of genius. Right. Oh, yes, you engineers. <laughs> yes. There's engineers there. There's doctors. And the zombie apocalypse there's came like, the Burning Man. <laughs> oh yeah, like the shit that people build there is unreal, like super unreal. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Let me uh, ask kind of like a, a philosophical question, kind of round things down here. You can kind of just give me your take on things. I once saw a documentary uh, about Burning Man, and it followed this artist in San Francisco who was using junk to build the Temple of Forgiveness. And they were interviewing him at the end, and he had a really interesting quote. He's like, you know, Burning Man's this amazing experience, but it's just an experience. You shouldn't make your life about Burning Man. Burning Man should inspire your life because... You know, you can't live like this. This is great for a week, but if, you know, people are like, oh, this should be like this forever, you know, that's not the real world. You know, this is only something that can exist temporarily. It's an oasis. You know, it's to give you something to strive for. So how do you think we can learn from these type of festivals and take those, you know, teachings and put them into regular life? Because it seems like everyone goes and it's great fun, and then they go back to regular life and they live their regular life, and it's like, well, I can't wait to go back to, you know, paradise next year when it's like, why aren't we taking the lessons of paradise and trying to instill them into the reality we live in usually? I mean, a lot of people do. A lot of people try to, it, it's really hard to come back. You had asked earlier, like when people leave, you know, how long does it take for them to come back to reality? I mean, it really depends. This year, it actually took me a lot longer than last year. Last year, I was like over it halfway through the event. This year, I was, it was so good that I just didn't want to. And coming back to all the things, and you really can't, if you think the way that the rat race and real life is run, you, there's no way you can follow some of these principles, especially, mainly like, 
They're anti. You can. There's people. There's people who really try to live a non-garbage life or a non-decommodified life where they don't support big business and da da da. But it really, really is hard. So what it is to me, what Burning Man is to me, it's something to look forward to, and it's a break. But it is definitely a big part of my life. I mean, my friends, my people, my mentality. Um, my volunteerism really has kind of driven from there. So if someone called me up and said, hey, I don't have any money. I really need help, like, moving this weekend. You know, can you pull together three people and let's do this? And can we borrow your truck? I'm going to do that just as a friend, not because I'm a burner and the Burning Man way says so. But, like, if a bunch of people needed to get together to build a warehouse so that artists could come together and do their work, which is what... I've recently done with a warehouse here in San Diego. That's definitely Burning Man. We all got together. We figured out a way to get money, not from our own pockets, but from, you know, outside support, fundraising. And we started a warehouse where people can come and build their projects and be artists and work together and not have to pay to do it. So in one way, that's how Burning Man is in my life. That's, that's that. awesome. So it's basically like you're using it almost as like a networking system to build these relationships and that way when you come back to reality so to speak you've got these new friendships and relationships and you kind of have you know a commonality to grow from and move forward from in the regular world. You know it's, it's inspiring. More and more it is inspiring and more and more that's what I want for my life like I'm more and more trying to get out of this regular job and more and more trying to work towards these groups of people, the organization that puts on Burning Man, the things that have happened, you know, and there's Burning Man culture is so crazy, like even in Detroit where it's like dilapidated, burners have come together to recreate it through art and inspire neighborhoods which bring business, which brings money and brings right. jobs and blah, 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 and it starts all over. So so they're actually taking the ideas and, 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 the, and the, uh, the ideal and some of these things from Burning Man and doing urban, you know, renewal uh, with these communities and coming together, and 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 it is, it's amazing when you look at the installations and you look at the camps and you look at some of the the things that these people have built in the desert, and and are able to sustain. It does make you wonder how come we can't take that and rid our cities of homelessness uh, with these people uh, that can come together and build these 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 things and and, and sustain. A large group of people. I know it's only ten days, but it, you know, if you were able to do that and show that you were able to do this, then maybe other people would start to give more as well and understand that yes, um, there are these people that need our help, and we can do something about it. Well, I think Burning Man would show, and I think you'd agree, Lisa, that it's an infrastructure problem. We clearly have the necessary commodities and goods to take care of these people. And the talent. And the talent, but we don't have the infrastructure in the regular world to assemble that type of team no, no, no. and help everyone. You totally do. I'll give you a, one big, huge word. Why? Money. It's all money. Because somebody wants to take something from it. Yeah. It's like I, you if said you wanted about to support this. all the homeless people down here, a group of people, burners, aren't going to come together to build this facility for free out of their own goodwill for these burners. I know that sounds like totally against the principles to do that, but. It costs money, you know. All oh, these people, we raise, we raise funds to get mm -hmm. this art car built through events and music things, and now you, to build this homeless shelter, it, it's money. It's all money, and so well, it's, we could raise it the same way, right? We could do the same thing. It's the same idea. It's there's a way. When there's a will, there's a way, and, there, and you know, and being, and I think that you could take this model and you could apply it. Uh, to the real world, in a sense, and be able to maybe uh, uplift communities through these these programs. I, I think that's the same more that type of mentality of you know like yes yes to radical self reliance, but yes to gifting. So you know when somebody's asking for help, you know maybe most people won't be a dick, and most people be like yeah you need a bus pass here's a bus pass you're hungry yeah I can buy you a cheeseburger, you know and they'll just come from more of that position of. I'm going to be the better in this situation. If we can shift the mentality, hopefully, you know, it's kind of those small lessons I hope we could take from it. Well, I mean, it also yeah, depends on the hard. asker because you've been in downtown and given someone food before and they're like, what, you don't have money? Right. It's right, the same shit. You know, yeah. like if you're out there, if somebody comes up and asks, you guys got water and you give them water, they're not going to be like, can I get a bottle of booze right, too? You right, know, it's like right. you give, you can give only so much, mm -hmm. you know. Of but course. Like, it's, it's funny because, you know, um, last year I talked about the GLC, Dennis Kucinich. Oh, yeah. He was there. He came and spoke. And 
believe he was like a senator of Ohio. 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 And his speech wasn't he a congressman? Yes, he was a congressman, and and then I believe I don't know if he, he ran for president. He, he, he ran for president. He, he, president. he did. So he went to Burning Man. Mm-hmm. He went to Burning Man. I believe it was not. Uh, no, it was last year because <coughs> the GLC was after Burning Man last so year. Anyway, he's just a solid guy. Oh my God! Listening to his speech, and I like fuck politics. He's too nice. So I, he's too nice a guy. He's too real. No, as so a politician he's, he's for, talking to about be successful in politics. Somebody asked him his question. So you know, of course, as a politician, he's probably got research. So he's like camping in an RV. And whatever, he pulls up and he gets out and he walks out of his RV and he's looking around and he's like, sees to his left, all these people coming together to put up this gigantic dome and the way that they all work together as a team to put this dome up. And he looks to his right and there's all these people working together to do this. And then over there, there's this guy struggling to put this thing up and people run to help him. And he goes, you know, it's that moment when you start thinking in fractals and it just like the whole audience just went because it's true because it's it, it's so mind-blowing to see that if there's a set standard infrastructure for people then they'll be like we gotta help that guy and there's people who will do things at burning man that they may not do at home they may help you at burning man but like if they saw you at edc struggling they'd Probably snoot, you yeah. ask them for a bottle of water, Burning Man, they it's give it the, to you and they give you a hug. You ask them for it on the street, they say, buy it yourself. It's the buy-in. It's the buy-in of the, of the it's, it's situational. It's the experience. And they I hate to bash EDC because, oh, no, you know no. what, I'm really glad. It is glad, what it is. We've all been. Right? I'm really glad they kept it different. apart because yeah. that's. It's a music festival. Some of those kids who go to EDC and shit, they wouldn't last a moment. At Burning Man, they don't last. They don't last at EDC, at least. True. They don't last at EDC. What is it like eight days now? They're staying off the Strip. It's only twelve hours. It's hot. A hundred degrees at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It'll get you. It'll get you. Is there anything you want to wrap it up with, Matt? We're kind of coming to a close here. Uh, Some parting thoughts, parting questions. We really appreciate the time, Lisa. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, You know, I'd love to get into this a bit further at another point in podcast, but. uh, you know, we touched on a lot of interesting stuff about Burning Man. I'm sure you could talk about it for hours. Oh, I'm sure. On end, uh, Matt. Matt, any closing thoughts? No, you know, I mean, I, I'm really, uh, I'm really just blown away. I mean, I, I knew about it. I, I knew that it was a, a, a thing in a desert, obviously, with uh, you know art and and, and 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 a burn at the end, and and you know, and, and but just hearing her talk about how the lead up to it and and the work that goes into it. Um, and, and the people that come together before and after the event in order to make it happen, in order for these things to go off without a hitch, it really, it really has inspired me to, to, to reach out to Lisa, uh, to, to Lisa here and say, how do I get in on this? And how do I start to help? I mean, it wasn't just the five days we were on site too. I mean, it's pretty much a year from the last Burning Man to this Burning Man that we had to work on it consistently to get it going, but... Yeah, I think. I don't know if you two would last out there. Thanks, uh, you don't even know. Thanks, the. How would we do this? How would we do this? I'm I'm a nomad. I was born. Would you guys want to build a camp? I got got gypsy in my blood, girl. Would you guys want to build a camp and build things and weld and do shit, or would you guys want to come out with like RVs and like pop up? I could do either one, to be honest. Yo, I'm a builder, man. I work in construction. I I like making stuff. I think it's fun. Yeah. Heck yeah. Give me a welding mask. Do it. Let's do it. Fuck yeah, don't, dude, let's don't, do don't, it. Don't, don't doubt me. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, let's do it then. I'm because saying, don't doubt me. We can make our own awesome shit. Hey, right? What, what's, what's that first word right there? Radical, dude, radical what, inclusion. Why are you trying, trying to not disclude me? I, okay. I, don't, I don't know if you guys would make disclude. it. Disclude. Trust me. Uh, radical disclusion over here. <laughs> hey, you guys won't make it. We've, You're too we've straight We've together. We've gone to You're so many shit together, dude. I'm just Come giving on. you a hard time, Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, that's all I have. I mean, it does. It really it makes me want to. It makes me want to learn more. It makes me want to learn more about the art collective that, that you're working with, um, and what you're doing here in San Diego. I would I would love to you know to, to get it to see some of that stuff because I just love people's expression. I like people um, who who are able to express their true selves through art and through uh, these these different mediums and not just uh, be um, you know not just speaking but I like I like the creativity of the whole thing I, I think that that is really what the draw is and I think that everybody has a creative spark and I think that's what drives this to continue to get bigger and bigger is that people are like well I can help and I can create cool stuff and because that's what we're here to do on earth is to create that's what we are we're creators we create every day and so like this is a, a heightened level of that creation inspiring words Matt uh, 
it's on the bucket list for me. When can I get two weeks, one week to go, and one week to recover is yet to be seen. But uh, we're going to make it happen, all things being being said. Elite, uh, thanks, thank you so much for uh, your time. We really appreciate it. It was really insightful and inspiring. Uh, anything you want to you know, part with? Um, I'm just glad you guys made this um, about the experience and that it didn't. I've heard a lot of interviews and podcasts go about, like, um, drugs and the party and and the whatnot and like actually when people go and they're not involved with something they see all these people that are involved and then they're like oh my god I want to be involved so it inspires me that you guys actually want to go and like I would love to facilitate that and make that a thing and hey if I go I want to go with a pro yeah indeed in, indeed let us uh you know we'll, we'll be recruits in the camp we'll, we'll do what's necessary we'll carry the We'll carry the heavy stuff. I'll bring the goggles. <laughs> yeah, yes, make sure you bring your goggles and yes, your pee yes. funnel. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Much <laughs> peace and love. Cheers. As always, love you guys. Thanks for listening.